Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce my first book is now in print. The title is Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. I've discovered 14 root causes of fatigue. I like to call them the fatigue factors. And in this book, I explain eight of the 14. I've had some amazing feedback on how easy it is to read and understand. It's not full of technical doctory language like most books written by doctors are. And of course, the book also includes my own personal fatigue story, along with four other stories from real fatigue cases from my private practice. It's available in paperback and Kindle forms, so if you'd like a copy, you can find it on Amazon or on my website, www.drcarrie.com. But even better than that, right now I'm doing the official global book launch for my book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. So during the month of June, if you would like if you would like a free copy of my book, just go to www.reclaimyourenergybook.com and sign up and you'll get a free book. You'll just have to pay shipping and handling. That's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. I'm so very excited about this week's show because I'm having back for the second time Heather Rampola. Let me tell you a little bit about Heather. Heather is host of Fresh Eats Radio and creator of Fresh Eats Detox. As an author, podcaster, speaker, and coach, she helps women get rid of overwhelm when trying to eat healthy, like dealing with picky eaters or fitting in real foods into their busy schedule. Her teachings help those struggling with weight loss, cravings, emotional eating, and to just feel beautiful, confident, and love their body. So today we are going to be focusing on emotional eating and self-sabotage. I think this is a great topic. Heather, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Well, thank you, Dr. Carey, and what a lovely introduction. I'm honored to be here. So first off, just for our listeners out there, I will definitely in our podcast notes put the link back to our very first podcast that we did. And in that podcast, I remember we were talking about detox and you had given me so generously one or two recipes also. Yeah, we had a great time and I'm I'm glad to be back today to talk about some deeper issues about the things that hold us back. Yeah, so let's get into it because, I mean, you know and I know and everybody listening knows that food is your best medicine. And yet it is so difficult 
for all of us, I mean, including me, Heather, to change our diets. And we know what we should be doing. And for a lot of us, what creeps up is self-sabotage. So I would love it if you could help us with our mindset and help us cure this self-sabotage that many of us are struggling with. Yes. I mean, it's a complicated topic for sure, but it's one that all of us deal with. And I just think that's the first thing to recognize. Like there's nothing wrong with you for having these desires for things that quote, are not supposed to have. Um, and I know probably a lot of the people that come to you, Dr. Carey, are those who have some health issues that they need to stop eating certain foods and change their diet. So there's that motivating factor of, um, you know, I have to in order for my health, but yet we're still left with this struggle of, but yet I secretly desire other foods. Um, so there's a lot of different things that self-sabotage can kind of portray as, you know, there's things like perfectionism. Um, I have to do it the right way or I'm not going to start until like I make over my whole pantry and then I'll start. Mm, um, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, does that sound familiar? <laughs> yes, yeah, and it's this fear of failure. So that's one form. Um, and some other where areas that this can show up is like when we say we have picky eaters, I've noticed a lot of the clients that come to me is like, well, I want to eat healthy, but I have picky eaters at home or my husband or my partner, um, and it's just not possible. Um, so it's really easy to pass the blame onto somebody else when really this is something we want to do, but we're scared to take action on. Um, and then there's like deeper things of, well, what happens if I eat healthy and I actually start to lose some of this weight and I'm really scared of the attention that I might bring and that attention could be actually negative attention and I'm scared of that. So there's all kinds of um, different scenarios of how stuff self-sabotage can show up in our life. Um, but they're real. They're real challenges in regards to eating healthier. So let's talk about the first thing that you mentioned, which was perfectionism and a fear of failure. Because I can see with with the patients that come in to see me at Functional Medicine Ontario, um, you know, we're always talking about diet. And a lot of times I'm recommending to go on a, you know, do a trial, at least just a trial of a gluten-free diet or a grain-free diet, or a dairy-free diet, just a trial. So what can you recommend to help those people that are stuck in the perfectionism and feel like they have to get everything in order? Like you said, they have to clear out all of their pantry first before they take that next step. Well, there's two ways to approach it. The first one is to actually, if that's what you want to do, okay, then block off the time and the budget that it requires to do that. Um, and some of them will be like, okay, I can do that. And then some of them actually, it's, it's just a way to hide more of the insecurity that's there where it's not really the way it seems on the surface. It's not really about, um, getting these ingredients on hand as it is more this deep rooted fear of failure. Like I've tried so many times to get this right and I screw up like, I tried, um, and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to say, you know, hey, I'm doing this new thing. I'm getting, I'm going to change my health. And then a week or two into it, you know, you're back into your old habits. It's, there's some shame around that. So mm -hmm. it's really just a way of um, protecting ourselves. Um, so I think when we come at it from an uh, approach of understanding and love versus 
shame or, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I failed once again. And changing that mentality to, I understand, you know, this conversation with yourself, I understand body, why um, you, you want to be, you know, come across as perfect and not set yourself up to be embarrassed again. And I respect and I honor that. Um, but this isn't about failing again. And so getting really, uh, how do I say this? Like in tune with our feelings. And I know that's something that most people probably don't want to hear. We don't want to get touching feely. We just want like, okay, tell me exactly what to do. And I do it. Um, but that's the reality. These are the struggles that we are facing with. So I'm going to put it out there right now. One of the struggles that I'm having right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> Let's have it. And so in Canada, we have, uh, Tim Hortons. I forget, Heather, if you're in Canada or in the U.S. I'm in the U.S. Okay. So in Canada, we have this uh, coffee chain. It's called Tim Hortons. So your equivalent would be Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. And so at, at this place, they have like this, they call it an ice cap. So it's an ice cappuccino drink. And there's nothing healthy in it at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm like addicted to it. And so I was in San Diego over the weekend. And when I came back on Sunday, I was like, okay, I'm not drinking this anymore like I'm done with it because I want to be more healthy and I know it's not good for me but it's hard so I totally get that with people Mm -hmm. out there so I was kind of thinking okay so fear of failure is part of it but I wonder too if it's also like a fear of success right right there's definitely that self-sabotage that says I'm afraid to be successful or to be seen. Um, what happens if I actually achieve my goal? That makes me really uncomfortable. All I've known is the past and I feel safe here. Mm-hmm. So fear of success, like I'll never, I'll never be able to have that ice cap again, or I'll never be able to have a piece of pizza again, or I'll never be able to have just, you know, bread again. <laughs> like, right. Actually, I, I get that a lot from patients like that. They're really afraid of that. Yeah, and it's understandable, and I respect that. And I, you know, your story, I know you shared with me, and you're sharing with it now, and that's part of my story too. Like, I did not want to let go of my coffee. I did not want to let go of the bread or the cheese. And I think there's two things. I think it's not that the coffee is like stop drinking coffee. That's not going to necessarily bring you health. Um, that's just what we're fixating on and we're fixating if I let go of coffee that's going to bring me um I'm going to finally be healthy it's not just attached to the coffee it's a deeper issue and I think instead of playing the coffee as the bad guy um asking some more questions and creating a dialogue with why do I want my ice cap caffeinated drink that I know has got a lot of harmful ingredients into it. How does it make me feel? Why am I gravitated towards going to that in the morning? I'm assuming that you drink it in the morning. So um, since you've shared that story, is it okay to use you as a role play here? Oh my gosh, Heather, I was hoping you would say no. Yes, yes, I'll, <laughs> I'll play along. <laughs> okay, so what is it that you like about your coffee? What feelings does it bring up? Um, what feelings does it bring up? I mean, it just, it tastes good. It's comforting. Because um, it's warm. It's not warm. It's cold. Okay, cold. This is ice cap. So what is it that's mm-hmm. comforting? Yeah, and you know what? It's so crazy because it can be like 20 below and I'll still go and I'll get an ice cap and they're like, are you crazy? <laughs> it's 20 <laughs> below zero. <laughs> 
That's funny. I do the same thing. And, you know, it's hot outside because I live in Florida. And sometimes I still desire a warm cup of coffee myself because there is something about it that's nurturing. It's grounding. It's almost like a routine or a ritual about it. Yeah, you know, I don't really know where it's rooted from. I'm going to have to think about that. And and I'm not trying to dodge your question here because sure. <laughs> I'm more than happy to be transparent with all my listeners. But I really don't know where that's coming from. So I think I got to think about that. Maybe it'll come to me at two o'clock in the morning. Right. And that's perfectly okay. We don't have to have all the answers. What's important is that we're asking the questions about what is it that I desire? What is it that I crave? And why am I craving this particular food? If this is something that my head knows, like I want to stop having because it's best for my health. Well, what is the part of you saying that actually desires to continue to do that? And I think we're we're so caught up on trying to shut that voice down and not let it be heard. Um, But anytime we try to shut down what our body is trying to tell us, it's not a healthy relationship. So it's okay to be open and transparent with whatever that answer might be and not it to be what we're supposed to say or should say if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, you know, on this topic of coffee, um, it's a craving. It's a desire for what possibly we really crave for in life. And so, so many times we think of cravings as a negative thing. Um, but I just want to challenge the listeners to think of cravings as a signal Um, a way of our body communicating, hey, there's something that I desire in life. Um, For example, sweet cravings often tend to be a craving for some nurturing or self-love, maybe some, um, you know, time off, like just relaxation or self-pampering. And I know for ladies, this is something that we often struggle with, which is why we're so known for things like chocolate or um, sweet treats is because we tend to be, as an overall, not very um, self-loving towards ourselves, like by over-committing and our schedule um, and never taking time off. So that's just one example. That makes total sense. So cravings usually say uh, are a deeper signal of what am I craving in life. Right. And you had just mentioned with the sweets, craving more nurturing, more self-love, more pampering, a vacation. I could use all four. Maybe that's where my ice cap (laughs) is coming from. Yeah. Maybe that's a deeper issue. So do you have any other cravings that you can give us some insight on? Like a lot of patients, they'll have like the craving for salt. Mm -hmm. Salty foods are usually crunchy. So crunchy foods tend to be uh, more of a desire. It's an expression of frustration or ventilation or maybe even anger, stress. Um, Because when we crunch down on something, we're actually using our jaw muscles. And Mm -hmm. usually when we've got some pent up energy, it usually tends to be in our jaw. Um, So if you have salty cravings for like chips, Doritos, um, like corn chips and salsa, pickles, fried chicken, you know, where you can eat it off the bone, those type of things. It's usually a signal that, hey, there's something going on in my day that's signaling this, um, this craving. So whether it's like a, a deadline, like a super crazy deadline at work and you go to the vending machine at three o'clock to go get some potato chips or, um, you know, maybe you are at home 
um, with the kids, trying to get them and begging with them to do their homework or clean up or do their chores or whatever it is. And it's just like tumultuous to get them to do that. And then we have a craving as soon as they're at bed and we're alone to eat um, potato chips. You know, that could be a sign that there's some frustration there that you're not in tune with or listening to um, or honoring. So again, as you were saying, if we can really get to the deeper issue, that that will actually really help the cravings and possibly the cravings will go away altogether. Yeah, because what we're doing is we're shoving down that emotion because we don't want to feel it. And we're um, kind of doing the little Band-Aid approach by fixing it with food because we know like mentally like I'm not really hungry I just ate dinner you know I completely satisfied on a nutritional aspect but I'm still craving this and I'm feeling something and the easiest thing to do or maybe the pattern is just to instantly grab something and you ate it and you're like why did I just do that now what about fatty foods because I know I've heard from different patients again that they don't necessarily have salty cravings or sweet mm-hmm. cravings, but they're like fatty cravings and they're like craving cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, milk, nurturing, mother, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. comfort. Um, as far as fat goes, you know, I know from your perspective and it's a very valid perspective, like sometimes our bodies crave things because we actually need them. So I think it's important mm-hmm. to bring up that sometimes we might actually need to eat more fat. I know there's a lot of um, diets out there that currently promote like a low-fat diet. Um, and that's not necessarily my realm. But I do want to recognize that sometimes our bodies actually do signals, send us signals for the cravings for the foods that we really need. But I think on an individual basis, we are intelligent and in tune enough to know, is this really um, something my body needs or is just an empty, um, a craving that I know is like, again, I'm not hungry. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. That there can be a physiological reason, a biochemical imbalance within the body that's creating that craving, or it could be fundamentally uh, something mentally, emotionally stuck inside of you. Yes. Okay. So let's go back to that perfectionism. So you had said at the beginning, some people get stuck in perfectionism. They want to like clear out their whole pantry and get all their ducks in an order before they take that first step. So one of the questions that I get a lot is, it's like, okay, well, Dr. Carey, like I just went grocery shopping yesterday and I just bought all of this food and I don't want to throw it away, you know, and then they start thinking about their pantry and like, just like imagining in their head, I'm sure this is what they're imagining, like 80% of the pantry, they have to just like throw in the garbage and they're, that's really scary for them. And, and so that's, that's often the question that I get or the response or shall I say excuse, like mm-hmm. how can you help people deal with that too? Cause that's another way of, you know, self-sabotage. Indeed. I think it's always good to honor the feelings that we have. Um, anytime we make a change in the way that we eat or anything in life, it can be scary. And to be able to share that takes strength. It really does. Um, change is really scary. And I think just honoring that is huge. That's the first step. So, um, I'm not really sure what the question is that they're asking you, but it sounds like they're just mentioning the fact that they're scared of, am I going to have to throw away all my food? Is that the question? Yeah, that's pretty much the question. Okay. So they're like, Dr. Carey, please tell me I don't have to throw away all this food that I know and love. 
Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please don't do this to me, Dr. Gary. And I think it's, again, it's their health. It's their life. Um, and just asking them and bringing that perspective from, hey, Dr. Carey's telling me to change this or somebody else is trying to tell me I need to change my diet again to asking them, what's going to happen if you do keep this food in your pantry? No right or wrong. Let's just brain, let's just hash it out here. Um, I'm probably going to eat it. Yeah, you're right. Is that what you want? yes or no, you know, they have to come up. It's on them. It's not on you. Um, and I think at the end of the day, um, the responsibility is on us for our health and how we eat. And we don't, as human beings, like I did this with my husband. I think I shared this with you the last time I was on, like he was the one that initially wanted to eat healthy and like change Uh our whole diet and I was like wait a second here I don't want to (laughs) please Uh yeah um and that made it feel as though I had no control over it um and nobody likes that feeling of not being able to have a say in what they want to eat so it's not to say that you can never have these foods again that you know and love. And I agree with you, Dr. Carey, what you're saying about just going on a trial. Let's just experiment. Let's just play. Nobody's saying you can't ever have these foods again. Um, but let's just see how you like it. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Were there recipes that you loved? Were there things that you didn't? And holding the space for it to be okay to say, I didn't like this. I did not like the way that it tastes or even the heck, maybe you might find that you actually do like the way this tastes and that the change wasn't as scary as you thought. Um, so I think the biggest thing that holds us back is that fear. And again, just giving us the space to honor that, that feeling. Okay. So since you brought your husband up, yeah, <laughs> Heather, <laughs> I always tend to, <laughs> um, so what, what would you recommend for the listeners out there that have a picky eater in their family or just feel like, well, if I have to change my diet, like the rest of my family will not, and I do not want to have to start cooking, uh, you know, two dinners and two lunches and two breakfasts. Yeah. I think the answer to that logistically depends on the age of your picky eater. Is it your husband? Is it your teenage kids? Is it, you know, toddlers who can't prepare foods? for themselves. Um, but the root, I think the important thing here is that, again, nobody really likes this feeling of being dictated. Okay, change is going to happen, whether you like it or not. This is the way we're going to eat from now on. And they have no say. They just have to live with it. Nobody likes that feeling. Um, myself, as an adult, I don't like that feeling. And then even a teenager, you know, they're going to rebel to that. And even a toddler, everybody wants to be able to have this opportunity to voice the way that they feel about something and um, change is a little bit easier when you have some buy-in in it or have a conversation um, about it. So if somebody in the family has to have some changes because of their health, um, which I imagine that the listeners for the show would likely have, that you have a dialogue with your family members to let them know, hey, you know, I understand that you like these foods. I know we've been eating like this in the past, but um we want to improve our health. And as, you know, a parent, it's my responsibility to make sure we have healthy, wholesome meals. Um, I understand that you might not like some of the things that I put on the table. It's perfectly okay, but I do expect you to at least try it. 
Um, and then if they're old enough, you know, letting them have a chance to either make something for themselves if they didn't like the dinner afterwards to maybe even getting them to communicate what kinds of healthy foods that they might like to try. Again, allowing them to have a buy-in in it or a say definitely goes a long way. Those are all very excellent suggestions. So let's go back to um, fear of attention. And let's talk about that one a little more. Because I could see that especially for those that are wanting to lose weight or are trying to lose weight, but they're stuck, they're not losing weight, or they keep gaining weight, that it could actually be rooted in a fear of attention. Yeah, so this is the story. I lose the weight or get close to my goal. I get scared of it, again, fear, and I then self-sabotage with these voices that are in my head that say, what happens if I'm going to be seen? What happens if I attract the wrong kind of attention with my new look? Or this just makes me totally uncomfortable. I don't know the, I don't know a skinnier version of myself. I've always been this size. Um, and for somebody who really knows that they want to lose weight because it's health, it's a health issue. Um, this can be a really nasty cycle to be in. Um, so it can show up in many different ways as far as how we're being seen, whether it's attracting um, a, somebody like a relationship that is not healthy, that's abusive. Um, again, it's, it goes back to this fear of, I don't deserve it, I'm not good enough. So this is some of the work that I do to go deeper um, to help uncover some of these issues. Okay, so let's talk about some of the work that you do because we're starting to run low on time. Yes. So talk about what you do within your coaching practice to help uh, some of our listeners out there and and how can our audience find out more about you? Like, again, what is your website? Do you have a Facebook page? Where can they listen to your podcast? All of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I help ladies who are struggling to lose weight they usually already know the things that they should be doing, have been on, you know, some health diets or detoxes before, and they've done great on it. But then when it's over, um, they go back to the old habits. And they, again, desire to lose weight. Um, not so much, although it is partly aesthetic for, you know, to look and feel beautiful. It's, it's, it goes back to this idea of wanting to be seen, wanting to not have all this negative energy consume their thought on a daily basis, um, and to really show up and to shine for what they're worth. And um, the way that I work with clients mainly is on one-on-one coaching. And um, if you go to heatherrampola.com, you can find out more information there and sign up to get free resources and coaching Um by entering your email address. And I also host a podcast called fresheatsradio.com. So we do talk about, you know, long-term results through adding in healthy choices. But I also have a um, a solo episode I do that's called The Fat Pants Files, which is pretty recent. And that's basically just a, an episode where we can just let it all out and be real and have real conversations about the things that hold us back 
and our healthy eating goals, desires, and this feeling that we often feel as ladies, the pressure to look a certain way or feel a certain way um, in our appearance. So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure that all of those links that Heather just mentioned are in the podcast notes on the website. Heather, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been another awesome interview. Well, thank you. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Heather Rampola. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carrie.